Welcome to Pablo Torre Finds Out. I am Pablo Torre, and today we're going to find out what this sound is. My Spider-Man is white. <laughs> I have a white Spider-Man. <laughs> I do not have a Negroid Arachnoid Man. <laughs> that is his name. Negroid Arachnoid Feller. Right after this ad. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I nominated Dominique for president uh, um, this week. Of the United States? Yes. I would, yes. I would, uh, I would support a Foxworth. Why Fox do you guys Worth. not like me? What do you want me to because do? Because like? you have that reaction. Because you don't want to do it, I think you actually are so much better suited to do it well, no, than the all pr- the other people who desperately want this. But at the same time, the problem is if Dominique were to run for president and Dominique were to win, then the Dominique that we know and love oh, would disappear and die pretty quickly yep. as he gets swallowed up in the political machine. But could you imagine how fun it would be to just send him texts that he could no longer respond to, but you know he's laughing at? See, but that's only for a week. And then <laughs> at never some... never made me laugh, Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I there? Hilarious. Second week. That phone, he's not going to have the phone anymore. That number is getting destroyed. He's going to get some new encrypted cell phone number. You don't even... I imagine Barack Obama doesn't even have a phone number. You oh, just call the operator and you say can I speak to Barack Obama? And they're like, who are you? And then you say who you are, and they're like, no, you cannot. Why? Why I got to follow Barack rules? Can I follow the modified rules that have been set by you, you want, by, <laughs> by newer presidents? Do you, whatever the f- I want, you, baby. You, you, want, you want the uh, the Biden rules where you're replaced by a body double installed by China? <laughs> so we just going to pretend like there's not someone else who didn't respect any of the rules? Okay, I like that word. Let's pretend like that never happened. <laughs> I appreciate it. Good job, guys. I'm down. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to Obama. appeal to a new demo in 2024. <laughs> okay, gotcha. You've decided to go full Rogan? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Here's the the cause. We've talked about it. Um, white cornerbacks. That's the one cause Yo, that you can get behind as like an injustice in America. I was laughing to myself yesterday because as soon as so I don't know why. Why it's not on Twitter? Thank God. Yeah. Why it's also for that reason a good candidate for a political I, office. I like that you point. say thank God, but with no context. That yeah. could be thank God because if I were on Twitter, I would become a giant troll. <laughs> And get thrown off of it, or it's for my own mental health. Right. Twitter could treat you like uh, Madison Square Garden and Barclay Center have treated you and, oh. and banned you from, from entering its doors. It's not 100% certain that I've been banned. It's just a belief. That's a separate episode we're going to yeah. have to yeah. do in 2024. I mean, the Barclays one is pretty real. I mean, the MSG <laughs> one is maybe not, but Barclays. But yeah, I, I mean, the more that, that we that talk one. about it, the more that it feels like it's... They're they're inclined to ban me. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm saving that for our Martin Luther King Day episode. <laughs> oh, Spoiler alert: knowing laughter for people who know the story. Um, but what happened on Twitter this week was um, Richard Mendenhall, former Steelers running back and guy I didn't know was on Twitter. I guess it started with like an annoyance towards white analysts, but it then quickly immediately broadened out to just like I want to see a game between the best of the whites and the best of the blacks. This was the best, um, the only time in recent history that um, I feel like the internet took something and made it better. Yes. So this was a, for that reason, it felt pivotal because it had all of the, all of the feeling of like, this is going to be an exhausting Twitter thread experience, White, that I'm glad that you have missed. Um, But it turned out to be, 
a thing that people took immediately um, toward the realm of jokes. And it could have gone so easily. It was designed seemingly to go the other way. And instead, people are like, let's actually have this draft. I mean, Jeff Saturday tried to say they get Mahomes. Stop it. You stop it. You stop it. I know the history of this country. Mahomes is with us, whether he wants to be or not. However, Mike McDaniel, eh, y'all got him. You're saying you have the same rule for your receivers that you do for membership on this team, which is that one drop really does matter. It's not my rules. I don't make the rules. They're Y'all made the racist rules. You yeah. don't get to change them all of a sudden. No, yeah. no. Yeah. You're some. talking generally towards um, the people who are royally you all, because I'm, I'm, I don't think I made those rules either. I don't know. Here's my question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in the mood to give out passes. There's one mother. His studio <laughs> that I know is good by me with all issues concerning race. Is it the non-white elf on the shelf? No. No, he is terrible. Look yeah. at that. That makes me really uncomfortable. He's a monster. I need to know who brought him in here. This is a spoiler alert for our Christmas episode. I, it, I need to know yeah. who brought him in here because yeah. if it was a, a a white person, I don't know if there, I, don't I feel know. about there are, it. There are a lot of syllables in this elf's name. That elf got a conk. I don't respect him because he got a conk. Also, yeah, why is why is the elf on this duty? Like, yeah. like it feels like he's been relegated to having to be a snitch. This is a perfect time. We're obviously doing a show now. Yeah. I don't know when it started, but it's clearly started now. Um, this is a perfect time to plug my own podcast <laughs> because I, given that prompt, decided that I would have Ryan Rossillo on my podcast and we de- we definitely started with a little racial draft talk. So go ahead, get on that download, rate, review. Your boy just came on here and did everything he came to do. I'm done. Goodbye, Pablo. That, That's those- the Dominique Foxworth show. Yes. <laughs> vote for him, 2024. Do not vote for me. I would never write in. Can we get a write in campaign Pablo, for Dominique Fox? How many votes so could we rustle up? Yeah. I feel like we need enough. I, I feel like whatever this election is going to be, I, I feel like we don't need any joke votes. <laughs> Yeah, it's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This man is better. Hey, yeah. This all right. This was all a joke. No longer a thing. <laughs> Cast your ballots for um, freedom and justice. Yeah, that's in the right. American way. That's right. Well, not all of the American ways. <laughs> Some of them. Perhaps uh, a better way. By the <laughs> way, relatedly, um, don't Google Jason Seahorn plus political opinions. <sighs> Is this now going to undermine the white cornerback uh, flag that you were going to? That's the, I mean, it's the one at, at, like instance of reverse racism that I actually believe is real. Like, reverse racism is a stretch. However, racial bias is legitimate. You're trying sure. to tell me that in all of America, not one white man is fast and quick and smart and athletic enough to play cornerback? Not one. I think the the Broncos drafted one, and you can probably guess where he's from last year, Iowa. Um, and then there's Cooper DeGene, who's a, a monster in college right now, quite possibly one of the best corners in football. Oh, I didn't know about this. this oh, you don't know man. about Cooper? Oh, he's an outstanding punt return. He's an incredible athlete. There are highlights of him dunking on. He played um, basketball in Iowa, too. Um, Why has Cooper become the new name for, like, if you want a, a white teenager who is going to dominate Athletics. It's Cooper Flag and Cooper DeGene, or is it Connor? No, it's Cooper. It's Cooper. Okay, it's Cooper. They're both yeah, Coopers. Co- I think it's because of the popularity of hanging with Mr. Cooper. Yeah, Mark. White Cooper. white people really they loved, loved they hanging loved, with Mr. They Cooper. Loved Mark. They loved Mark. Was, and they, uh, was uh, Ronnie Pete's wife? Was her name? Oh, Holly, Holly Robinson. Holly Robinson. Robinson Pete. Yeah. yeah. Mm. There were a lot of there were a lot of athletic white babies that were conceived. <laughs> During the third act of hanging with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> or born. Maybe they just had it on in, in the hospital room. And they're like, you know what? Let's name him Cooper. Uh, uh, anyway, the point about Cooper is I did a show with Bomani a couple weeks ago because we both are very big fans of Cooper. But we were anticipating for the last two years we've been talking about this Cooper kid. We've been anticipating that he's going to get moved to safety because that's what you do with white corners. Right. Eric Weddle, yeah, um, um, John Lynch. My man, Dustin Fox. He's mm. the white corner who was drafted in front of me, which infuriated me. But we're friends now. Um, What's a fox worth? That's the 
podcast that the two of you have <laughs> that you can also listen to on DraftKings Nets Network. <laughs> What's a Fox word? Oh, gosh. Um, nope. I would never do that. That would be terrible. Uh, uh, to the people saying? at DraftKings Network, uh, why don't you bring a suitcase, two suitcases for I Mr. Fox and Mr. Foxworth? I would never do that as long as this elf in the shelf is in this office. Um, oh, the yeah, point yeah. I was going to make is yeah. they did they had already moved him to safety. And um, I think it was, who was it? Might have been Phil Yates pre-draft stuff. They had him move to safety already. Mm. And it was like, this is absurd. He was the best safety in the draft. Like, no, he's one of the best corners in the draft. I am going to have a march or something. Now, is the idea that safety is, a, is more of a thinking man's position than corner? It's possible that that is part of the rationale. I think that it's less of a positive. Like, that's putting a positive spin on it. I think it's they look at them and say, nah, homie, you ain't going to be able to keep up. No, I, I, see I legitimately that. believe that. Like, not it's enough, funny yeah. to say, not like, I think fast twitch yeah, in them legs. I think, I think that is, uh, it's just a, a racial bias. I think when they come in and they're really athletic cornerbacks, uh, they get moved to slot corner or they get moved to running back or they eventually, if they make it all the way through college, eventually they get moved to safety because only because of the complexion of their skin. But I feel like somewhere, and he's never going to get a job in the NFL, but there's a black Sean McVay somewhere who would say, I'll take that, I'll take that white Cooper cup of a yeah. DB and you're going to play corner because every, every wide receiver is going to think they got two steps on you. And you're going to be like, remember there was that, uh, this was like a few years ago, there was this white track athlete oh, yeah. who was just like dusting yes, people. Yes, yes, yes. Like yes. Black Sean McVay, and it's spelled S-H-A-U-N. Uh, <laughs> um, Sean John McVay. Sean John McVay. Oh, uh, he is going to, like, he would have been scouting that white track athlete and been like, yeah, what's how fast are you with some pads on? If you talk to Dustin, the funny thing is all of the coaches that he had for his position in defense up until the NFL were black coaches. And then you got to the NFL, and they was like, nah, these white coaches was like, mm yeah. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> this is a case for Deshaun McVay. <laughs> That's Where, better. I like that better. Yeah. That's the winner. Where is Deshaun McVay? Mm-hmm. Again, he's not going to get a job in this NFL, but uh, <laughs> they're trying to fire Mike Tomlin, which is I know incredible. Yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. you think you think Deshaun McVay has a chance? Is <laughs> if Mike Tomlin's on the hot seat? Just to go back to the Mendenhall thing, um, did anybody? I feel like the other thing that we live in a world today where if someone really wants to do this, he could just go on Madden and build a his all-white Madden team versus his all-black Madden team and not have to take this to Twitter. He could just get all of his all of his jollies out by, yeah. Oh, you think that ain't been done? Oh, I'm sure oh, it gets I, done I, all well, the time. And they've, they have tweaked the, the sliders, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry about making the no dog in you. What I meant to say is that you don't have the drive. Uh, oh, Elk. I hate you. You don't have the drive to get to the top in the same way. I hate it when, 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 when in reality I got my license at like age 27 and can't even refute the stereotype that I'm <laughs> very cleverly insinuating. How dare you? Don't you, you monster. You're lucky I'm so deeply post-racial. I know cool exactly what this. makes you the most upset <laughs> is you pride yourself on someone who... Uh, has a very good brain for thinking fast and making puns and connecting topics and making jokes. You aren't mad at me for the joke. You're mad at me because you didn't think of it and it was good. It was good. It was good. It was, it and was he good. is currently trying to compute some sort of segue because that's what this man lives for. Segway computation. <laughs> Listen to the show. He just loves to connect topics and segue to new things. How are you going to take us from this vaguely um, Asian yeah. elf? The vague elf. Yeah. To one of our um, topics for the conversation. So just to recap, what you're doubting right now at the end of this is that I am not good enough at math. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's like if you went to a sex party and they were like, you, you were at that sex party. Uh, you had a good time. And I was like, did I? <laughs> I I, I I know I was there. My pants were around my ankles, but <laughs> so we should explain I don't really remember much. Why we're talking about a sex party? No, we shouldn't. And it has to do with the fact that I, I wanted to talk about. I still work for Disney guys. Into the Spider Verse. I didn't know we were rolling cartoons. Well, Into the Spider Verse is a cartoon, but it's also a lot more than that. And Dominique, I know I've talked to Dominique a lot about Into the Spider Verse, the sequel to Across the Spider Verse. Um, which is a movie this that is across the Spider Verse. We're talking about the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the Spider Verse. No, no. The second is across. The first is into. Oh shit! Not <laughs> that like... I'm a nerd or anything. I think. <laughs> I think. I don't know. You're totally correct. Yeah. So, Into the Spider Verse 2018, Across the Spider Verse 2023, Under the Spider Verse 2025, <laughs> Through the Spider Verse 2027. Can't wait. Above the Spider Verse 2029. Sadly, and, the next Spider-Verse is not coming out for like 10 years. I was going to say milling around the Spider-Verse <laughs> is really when it's really when the series starts to just people are like, eh, it's it's fine. We don't need any more. You know, we don't need to mill around the Spider-Verse. <laughs> the uh, you're making a joke. However, it does feel like multiversal content. We are at the milling around stage generally, <laughs> which is sad because I think it probably the comic book multiverse generally is in both of the universes of as far as DC and Marvel universes. Correct. And it could turn you off and sour you on going to see this movie, which is frustrating because it's great. Or I guess you don't go see it anymore, but watching it, it's on Netflix. But, but, right that, but that's the point, though, is that like we've seen entire um, cinematic universes uh, be reborn and broken apart and reunited under the banner of it's multiverse time. And everything you knew is no longer necessarily the way it has to be. Right. And so when I get the the pitch of, hey, do you want the sequel to a Spider-Man animated movie where they're also doing multiverse stuff, but it's not the Marvel Cinematic Universe multiverse stuff, it's its own Sony meta multiverse thing? It, it's like, instinctively, the answer is, fuck no. And yet, Across and Into the Spider-Verse, um, in reverse order, <laughs> uh, Across being the one that came out this year, um, I somehow was even more um, delighted, even even because I would say the degree of difficulty on pulling off a multiverse thing at this point, after two years of, of all of this, really, across cinema in general, that they pulled it off so beautifully. I think it's a reminder that like no story is new. And the fact that the multiversal stuff feels new, it reminds me that lots of movies are the same movie. And some are done well and some are done poorly. So I think the, because the multiverse is kind of a newish uh, concept for like a plot line for movies, it makes it feel like it can be overdone. But like, isn't every action movie fundamentally the same movie, but we still go see them and there are still some that are done well and still some that are done poorly. The same with like rom-coms and like maybe we've just birthed a new like genre of movie that can exist forever. Well, it it also, I mean, it's a weird thing that I feel like for Sony, they were in a really unique position because uh, there's, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell the story as well as the Planet Money episode that I listened to that really gets into this, which you should link to that episode. Dominique's been a guest on Planet Money. No, that's Sex and Money. Who cares? <laughs> Cut that part. But I uh, don't cut that part. <laughs> uh, the thing about Sony and Spider-Verse, with all these other m multiversal things, they're just saying, okay, we're going to have all these different worlds and we're going to just bring in all these different characters that we have. We just have thousands upon thousands of characters. Sony, when they got into their deal with Marvel for Spider-Man, 
they only had the license for Spider-Man. And so as a result, when they started to see the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where it was, oh, we've got Iron Man and we've got Captain America and we've got uh, Black Panther, they went and said, well, who do we have? And it was just Spider-Man. But over the years, there have been all these different Spider-Mans, whether it was the Miles Morales Spider-Man or whether it was the Peter Porker Spider-Ham comic books from the like 80s, 90s. And so it really had to focus them in where their multiverse was just based on one character, Spider-Man. They didn't have all these other things where they were thinking about, okay, well, we got to launch Captain America so that we can start selling those Captain America toys. And then, you know, we've got to do something. Uh, Black people are going to get on us, so we got (laughs) to get Black Panther going. And that's a whole new thing that we're going to have to introduce people to, not just Black Panther, but Wakanda. And then we're going to have to have a lady hero. (laughs) So we got to do Captain Marvel, and we're going to have to introduce that whole thing where it's all just like, you know Spider-Man, bit by a spider. Here's a black one. Here's a South Asian one. Here's a pig one. And it just, it. I feel like for them in that way. I think that's a reminder that like um, creativity is born in constraints more than anything. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like the necess- uh, like necessity is the mother invention type of thing. It's like if you give someone a blank piece of paper, they're less likely to come up with something amazing and creative as rather than give them like a blank piece of paper with rules it's like you can only use these two colors you can only use these certain shapes they're more likely to come up with something amazing and creative that's what i try to tell myself every time i make something and a network executive decides to give me half of what i wanted (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like right this is gonna really make me creative and then i'm (laughs) grumbling the entire Uh, time but but hold on though because what dominique is saying about constraint being like the mother of creativity is why I am fundamentally frustrated by the by the multiverse. Right. It's because there are no rules, because everything is possible. And so this notion of how do we build stakes, how do you create it's I mean, and, I think the movie uh, where, where this, the lines. This movie solves that. And And that's that's what was my so I want to explain. So just the the bona fides here of Wyatt and Dominique and me. Um Wyatt knows more about comic books than any other person that I am friends with. You've like read, collected, you go back. I've read three comic books. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I have read some, I, I, my AOL screen name used to have a bunch of numbers in it. They were X-Men issue numbers for my just sort of credibility here. Oh, That's right, Dominique. Restrain your erection. This is going to get real, I think, real hot. I don't think it was this. I think it was the number of days you went without having sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, and relatedly, I've seen every single MCU project. I'm a completist. So college, like junior year? Um, one day. <laughs> and, and Dominique um, is the person who uh, can't stop talking about um, Across the Spider-Verse. I love it. I watch all the movies with my daughter. She loves them, my oldest daughter, uh, all the way back to, well, she wasn't born yet, but we've watched all of the Marvel movies and we watch all the shows and series. I used to collect the cards when I was a kid. I didn't read so many comics. I read a few comics, but I was busy being awesome at sports and getting girls. Having sex. Yeah, that thing, that sort of thing. Um, But the point being, how would you explain, Dominique, uh, Across the Spider-Verse for people who have not seen it? Um, It's good. It's great. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. I think it's the the thing about it that I enjoyed is that there's a bunch of different themes that you can grab onto. I, I've seen it a, a multiple times. Um, and I took my 64-year-old mother with my daughter to see it. And my mom is, like, not into Spider-Man or comics or anything, but she's, like, crying because it speaks to relationships about letting go of your children and letting them be their own self. And so it feels like trying to explain art. Like, it's something you have to watch to experience. And that's the best advice I could give to anyone is I'm not going to explain it in a way that makes you uh, feel like you have to see it. But it's combined with all that deep stuff. It's really smart and funny and and good. And the main character is black. Well, it's also, like, artistically um, oh, yeah. ambitious in a way that feels unparalleled um, yeah. by any other movie I've ever seen. You know, sometimes in like, I, I guess in comedy, there's a thing about like joke density. Like, wow, there's a joke, joke. It's like, it's very funny. This has some joke density in it, but the artistic density of just like truly an army of animators of different styles, it, with the multiverse, what I had not seen accomplished in this 
in this way so successfully is the is the premise of we're going to visually depict and creatively interpret what a multiverse feels like by showing you stylistically how every scene can look and even have the physics of something that is different from the thing you saw like five seconds ago. I was bitten by a radioactive spider. I'm pretty sure you know the rest, jerk. Well, that was always the interesting thing with comic books, and I think what they did very well with both Spider-Verse movies and I'm sure it won't be as good in Millen about the Spider-Verse, but uh, what they've done very well is lean lean into that comic book, like yeah. comic book illustration and yes. how can we translate that into a 24 frames per second moving picture. Because one of the things about comic books that was always, at least for me, an interesting thing was who's the artist who's illustrating this particular comic book if it was Walt Simonson who would do Thor it was a very specific style of illustration that I loved and it was there was nothing else like it or there was John Byrne or Jim Lee and they each had different styles and so to see their take on whether it was you know their take on Batman, their take on if they were doing something in DC or if they were doing something in Marvel, their take on the X-Men. There was something that was always really fascinating to see the approach they would take to it. And in a weird way, it was artistically a multiverse. Because I'll say from the comic book side of things, I always hated the multiverse. And it always felt like the worst storytelling because it it felt like the challenge of these things, which is this is a soap opera with superheroes that's been going on for decades and they've run out of stories. Like, like, that's exactly how it feels. That's, that's normally how it comes to be. Well, yeah. <laughs> is, yeah, they've killed the characters you care about and they got to bring them back in well, some way. I mean, and, 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 informed now um, by the intellectual property um, driven hunger right. <laughs> of having to like, well, we, we, we need some new stars. I think in this case, in the movie case, it feels like it's just a result of like the capitalist impulse. And if you're going to consider something artistic, there's going to be some financial um, tie. And it's about, to me at least, it feels like it's about the the value of that intellectual property, them not wanting to sideline it, right? That's about... Uh, it's what it came down to because the right thing to do is once you've reached the end is let it chill and bring it back 10 years later and then we'll all be excited for it to return but they just generally can't because you got to pay me but at the same time <laughs> at the same time it's weird to think about how we have doubled down on these superhero movies and created this system because everything you're saying I think about James Bond is a is a version of a superhero character. Right. And that franchise has been able to exist solely I, on I, I mean I think the obvious I think it's obvious why is like they Marvel was putting out multiple movies a year and multiple series a year. It's very different than James Bond putting out a new movie every I don't know 5 years or I something. I think right? why it just birthed a new multiverse though. Oh, the James Bond multiverse. The idea that all of them actually just coexisted in parallel universes. <laughs> like this is a thing that no, but someone's going to make money but on. But it was Sean Connery then to well, Red to uh, the other guy and then Roger Moore that's right, and then the, the other, other guy. guy. I want to point out, though, that the reason that this idea had been sparked was not simply because I wanted to co-declare with Dominique that Across the Spider-Verse is our movie of the year. Get some, like, imaging on that. Pablo Torre finds out, declares it's the movie of the year. Um, it's because... Declares that Dominique said that, that movie yeah, of the year. Yeah, sorry, and, I mean, and I would like to follow him because insert that. he's yeah. the cool guy who wasn't reading comic books. Definitely. Yeah. Um, that's but, that's his quote. That's right. I enjoyed this movie. Also, I was definitely. F but the reason why we have to contemplate this is because there is a very inconvenient development born of like actual real life, real life, shit, which is that Jonathan Majors, who is Kang the Conqueror, who is the key multiversal figure in this. MCU phase has been cut loose by 
Marvel by Disney. And it's because, and I'll just read it from the ABC News article, um, because you, you he was get found- You news from ABC? I'm keeping it all in the, in the corporate family. Sure, sure. Um, Jonathan Majors was found guilty of one count of third-degree assault and one count of second-degree harassment, but acquitted of two other counts of assault and aggravated harassment and a split verdict. Both counts he was convicted on were misdemeanors. There's a lot more to this story. It's been playing out across social media in that very messy way that all tabloid stories do now, but this is a real story. There are real convictions, and now there is no more central character that was sort of the linchpin of this entire phase, which is not the most important part of the Jonathan Majors story, but it does raise the question of, hey, if you are worried about what's going to come of the Jonathan Majors character, it feels like the whole premise we've just been discussing, which is a multiverse where there are no rules and anything can happen, there should be a way for like the MCU to just like explain this away somehow. I feel bad going quiet on this topic because it feels like I'm leaving you guys out there to dry, but I do work for Disney, but that's not why I'm being quiet. I'm being quiet because I don't care about none of that shit. Like, I don't, the, how the movie's gonna, the multiverse, like, I, I don't know. Like, to me, it, it, it's hard. Maybe I've never appreciated any piece of content or been a fan of anything enough to, like, be moved by the suggestion that someone is going to be removed from it. Like, I, how dare you be a rational person about I, comic I book don't. movies? I, yeah, I just, and so, yeah, I guess I'm not, despite the fact that I've seen everything that they put out, I'm just not that big a fan that it's like, I care about the implications. All right, you change, put a new actor in there. These are movies, even if there was not a multiverse and you're presenting that the fact that the multiverse exists makes it easier for them to write around it. I don't give a sh Put a new dude in there. I don't care. Well, that's make the a, movies. Don't make the movies. I don't care. I'm be fine. Well, again, that's the weird part of it where I'm. I find myself asking the question of what is the what is the blueprint that they're following? Because again, these are just soup. They, these are just soap operas with people in tights, and the soap opera move is there's someone at the top of the show that's like now the role of Doctor Johnson will be played by so and so. And everybody moves the f on because yes. they're just all they care about is their soap opera. And to your point, I think most people just care about the soap opera. Yeah. And you saw it even in the even in a totally different way where after Chadwick Boseman died, yeah. there were a lot of people who were saying it would be okay for you to just recast this role to keep this franchise going which there's something that's a little callous about people saying that on like social media saying like it's fine to just recast it but at the same time yeah these what what these companies have established is that the characters are bigger than the people playing well, that's, them. That, this is part of the reason why there have been I can only assume many stressed out high level corporate meetings about what to do about this Maybe it's the the I'm um, sports in me, but you got injured. You committed it. You got convicted of a crime. Next man up. I think it's concerning to me or it's confusing to me. And I guess when you get so close to something, it feels different. If you are like in the movie industry or in the Marvel decision making room, it feels different. But the thing to me that is confusing is how... They could want so badly to control the perception of everything and not understand the one simple fact that sports will teach all of us. It don't matter what you do long as you win. Put out a banger. You can put whoever the hell you want in that shit. Make a movie as good as Across the Spider-Verse and no one will care. If you put out a shitty movie, no one will care about how gracefully you handle the transition of characters. Or no one will care about the how this person looks different. Make a good product and my sports parlance, get a dub. And the stakes, though, I feel like for uh, Spider-Verse were different because there's also, there are all the toys they can't play with, so they're confined to the ones they can. And while Miles Morales as a Spider-Man character is a pop, has become a popular character, that's not Peter Parker. Yeah. And it's not the Spider-Man that most people know. So you have this different bar that is both high where... You have to make something that 
is good enough that people accept it and appreciate it as its own thing while also silencing all the angry white guys who are like, that's not my Spider-Man. My Spider-Man is white. I have a white Spider-Man. I do not have a Negroid Arachnoid man. That is his name. Negroid Arachnoid Feller. I have a white Spider-Man. Make Spider-Man great again. Make Spider-Man amazing again. Give me back my white Spider-Man. Remember the best vacation you've ever taken? Make your next one even better with Get Your Guide. With Get Your Guide, you can book over 100,000 unforgettable experiences in the U.S. and around the world. Want to see the Grand Canyon from a helicopter? They got you. Watching a wrestling match in Mexico City? No problem. Or how about a guided tour of Rome's ancient ruins? Wherever you're going, whatever you're into, book your next travel experience at getyourguide.com. I should point out that this has been an episode of Share and Tell. Um, we have Word? disrespected the premise of that okay. so deeply. We have. You're um, welcome. Thank uh, you. Come the elf is watching. However, however, okay. Um, Don't get nervous. You gotta, you gotta host through this. It's a little bit of adversity. Just yeah. a little sound. The reason yeah. why I like am sounding, I'm sounding a little trepidatious. Do it. It's a little um, bit of a weather go. game. It's because do Dominique. It. Don't give up. His topic today okay. Yep. Oh, okay. was his New Year's resolution. What it is. Oh, all right. Because this is the last episode um, of Share and Tell for the mm-hmm. year 2023. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Same I am order. going to entrust Dominique to uh, carry us into the new year, which Dominique is drive. a terrible idea. This I mean, is, oh, I've wow. been driving the whole show. Pablo just yeah. hasn't realized it yet. I might pull you over. <laughs> That's the title of the show is Pablo Torre finds out that Dominique has been running oh, this show. I've been running this show since before it started. You have no idea. Pablo Torre finds out he's a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> My hands are dirty. Um. Mm. Okay. You can find out more about that show on What's a Fox Worth from the DraftKings Network. Shout out Dustin Fox. White Fox, Black Fox. All right, here we go. Diamond Dust. <laughs> My New Year's resolution is to be nicer. And so that sounds... Sorry, that was me uh, laughing a raspberry into your face. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have been told that I'm kind, but not nice. So like... I will be there for you. I'll be thoughtful things. I'll look out for you. I'll take care of my friends. i like, give things off my back to people who need it. But I'm not here for the pleasantries. I'm not very nice. I'm not good on text. I'm not, like... Terrible on text. I feel like people who come across me assume that I am not kind, but, like, I'm thoughtful and kind. I'll do good things. Like, I... Well, anyway, I don't feel like I need to explain myself, but I do think that... (laughs) No, what are some of the nice things that you do? Uh, this is all new to me because I, I feel like your texts to me are always nice. No, I'm I'm not nice to everyone on earth. Oh, we're getting to the racial bias and who Dominique is nice to over text. I see. Um, <laughs> he's saying you're the white cornerback. I of- get a I get a lot of this emoji. Yeah, just like hand in front of you face. Embarrass me. Yeah. I get a that a uh, lot of that one. Uh, so I think just generally, it's something that I like to work on. I think that I should be nicer. Uh, I think it's going to last for a week and a half, and then I'll go back to being my true self because I because I don't think I'm mean. I'm just short, direct. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I got to, efficient. Never mind. New Year's resolution retracted. I got a new one. I want to be more organized. Wow. Yeah, it's a good one. Could have helped at the top of this segment. Your organization. <laughs> that would have been helpful. <laughs> so how do you know that I was not just taking you on a roundabout way to demonstrate that I need to be more organized? Who is inspiring these resolutions? Are you Wyatt a resolution person? No. I don't make resolutions. You said that with the gravelly confidence of when Liam Neeson was asked if he wanted to pay actresses. <laughs> so would you take a pay cut to kind of equal things out? No. No, no, no. I, think, I think that was judgment. It felt like judgment. It was. I never. I. I feel like. I've never made a resolution. I've never really 
thought about it like that. And not not necessarily because of the whole idea that nobody keeps a resolution, but it just feels weird that if I want to do something, I should just I like I should interrogate Judgment. what it is that I want to do, why I want to do it. Noted. And do that work, not not look for a oh not a, look for that's a real judgment phrase yeah damn right it is yeah so, not not look for a day where it's like okay well I guess I guess I'll do this and then three weeks from now I'll forget and I have to be honest with you I'm not traditionally a resolution person however I do recognize that we are humans and these irrational like landmarks and motivations are things that work for us so sure. uh, I think that maybe you should make a resolution. Make it. Maybe it'll make you a better person. Are you saying I'm a bad person? No, you're the greatest person. There's Just only one di- bad person in here. You asked why I was here. I'm here because you asked uh, me. To be here. This is in violation of your first <laughs> resolution, <laughs> which admittedly you did already. Um, uh, I gave up on that resolution. But no, it's like it's similar to the religious conversation that we had before. Whereas I don't like believe in uh, major religion, but. I do like the idea of going to church because it is an opportunity to check in on yourself and remind yourself of principles that you do want to live. So I think the resolution falls in the same category. And whether I stick to it for the rest of the year or not, I think it's a good time to reflect and think about what what you've done last year, what you're proud of, what you're not proud of, what you need to work on, and how we can all be more like me. I I concur not with that last part, but with the idea that it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to uh, be introspective. I want to be introspective about what about niceties was even briefly appealing to you, because why it's something I talk about with Dominique. um, A bunch is the compliment. Hate him. How to give someone a compliment? How it makes us feel individually to hear feedback of a certain kind and there is no harder person for me in my life to compliment than this mother right here no i think like so he doesn't take a compliment hate yeah, i mean actively fights it makes you feel worse for few, trying yeah because you don't know how to give a compliment so there's a few ways that you can up a compliment first of all don't compliment me immediately after i compliment you if you felt that way, you should have told me that. Don't come in and say, oh, that Dominique looks nice. Let me put that in my pocket. And I say, hey, Pablo, nice shoes. You're like, hey, I was thinking the same thing about you. Chill out. Let the compliment <laughs> ride. Let the compliment ride. You missed. I complimented first. You missed your compliment. Also, what? what hold on. What if, what if. That is like you, two people bringing desserts to a party. Hey, get out of here. That's not your job now. Or alternate theory. Um, you being so bold as to say something that was inside of your head has emboldened me to do exactly the same. Well, then you should do it with the next person you see or the next time I see you. Like, oh, it, you want to do you want to do a pay it forward thing? If it doesn't feel genuine, like so in like, a drive through, it's like is, you don't want me to pay for your meal. You want me to pay for the guy right after? Sure, me. go. I don't care what you do with anybody else. I'm just explaining to you why the compliments. I don't receive those compliments well because they feel insincere. It feels like it's like a platitude, like. Uh, it's like when I say, what's up, how you doing? You respond with, I'm good, how you doing? You don't actually care how I'm doing. You are just like responding in a way that people respond, which is fine, but I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, let me mark this down. Pablo really does like my shoes today. That's all I'm saying. In other ways, you fuck up compliments. So like, I don't really like compliments from people that um, about things about that I don't respect. So like, again, if Pablo's like, hey, Dominique, great fit, I'm going to be like, mm, eh. Pablo don't dress so nice. So I don't really want wow. Pablo to tell me my For the DraftKings nice. and YouTube audience. Hypothetically, um, hypothetically, you got a sweatshirt with a pocket on it. It's cute. Thank you. Hypothetically, I'm just saying, I don't want to offend anybody else. We're good enough friends that I'm not going to say that about you. So that's out my sweater. And then there's also, corduroys today. there's also the compliments that are the worst is when something does not meet my standards and then people say, Oh, that was good. So like we're in the content creation in general and Pablo will tell me that something I did was good when I know that it was not as good as I wanted to be. So it's what it suggests to me is a couple of things. One, either Pablo don't know what is good or Pablo has a low bar for what is good for me. So like when I do something dope, now tell the truth. If I do something I think is great and you're like, that was great. Yeah, appreciate it, Pablo. You're right. But I do that's mediocre or okay. You're like, that was good. No, the it wasn't. It was good for you. It was good for somebody else. It wasn't good for me. If it hasn't become clear yet, Wyatt, what Dominique is doing, at least with me, is he is constantly testing me. 
Nice corduroys. Thank you. They are wide whale. Oh, yeah. That's right. What's that? Why knows what's up? Like um, that a company? Like an eleven point. That's right. Yeah. Just oh. like big ridges. Oh. Big oh, yeah. ridges. Corduroys like uh like deer. You sort of oh. like how it's like, oh, it's yeah, a yeah. ten point or an eighteen point buck. Oh. It's similar, so similar yeah, with corduroy. Like you got you got thick cords, is the, what you're saying. The thickest. All right. Somebody's compensating. Um <laughs> 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 Dominique is testing me and he wants a specific and it's not even just a specific compliment he he only will accept them at certain times and so it's as if there's in front of me to get back to a driving metaphor there's a traffic light and if I am powering through a yellow where I'm like ooh this is on the fence I kind of liked one thing Dominique did but I know he is definitely unhappy with the rest of it I'm like, do I say that it was nice? Because he's only going to be thinking about how the light is yellow instead of green or red. But the thing is, I don't need compliments. I don't want compliments. I don't care about them. Don't give me no compliments. We're good. Here's what you could do, which is a little trick I learned, which is uh, if you just tell somebody, hey, Pablo, you killed it. That can go one of two ways. You (laughs) killed it could be that was great or you killed it. That was terrible. Like you, you killed it. Like and but if you just say to a person, like we can't run this anymore. Like we could, we can't run this. It's also, it you, also feels like you you're not- killed it. You killed it, man. Like and it's just and then it just it walks away. You take from it what you need internally. I know. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> what Dominique wants to hear is nothing. No, he. What he tells me, and therefore I can only assume he wants to hear is the following. Ring, ring, ring. F*** you. I hate your show. Uh, no. Nope. Hang up. Not what I want at all. Because Dominique expresses affection in his most honest form through uh, jealousy. And so when he admits that something is good, he expresses it with resentment. And have, so my favorite- Have you experienced that for me? I've not. My favorite, my favorite phone calls from Dominique are ones where he says, F*** you. And then I'm left to piece together, oh, he listened to today's show and he liked it. Not true. Look at him smiling. Also, the YouTube drafting's not working. <laughs> okay, Pablo, you got me figured out. Thank you. Problem solved. The end. <laughs> I just want you to know, Dominique, that you killed it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, Pablo Torre here. Being around sports media and being a fan of the New York Yankees for a lifetime, they both taught me that sometimes exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports can be the best part of the fan experience. Like, what if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago and Michael in L.A. and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery. I do want to say thank you to both of you um, for concluding the year 2023 with me. The greatest podcast guest in the history of podcasts. That's right. Facts. What did we find out today, guys? Oh. Why are you always trying to make somebody else do your job? That's your job. This show is called Pablo Torre Finds Out. We're now, Pablo all Torre finds go people around to the find table. Out. <laughs> no, I'm not. I refuse. This is a group project. Put my name on the show. I want this called PFDFFO. Then I'll tell you. I found out. Until then, no. You tell me what you found out. That's the name of the show. That's why people come in here, right? You want to know what I found out? Go to listen to my podcast, the Dominique Fowler Show. Download, rate, review, all that shit. And also check out Dustin and Dom <laughs> on What's a Fox Worth? <laughs> DraftKings Network. I have never been so disrespected on my own show like this. You disrespected me by bringing this... this uh, what, this multiracial vision of no, what elf this, elfdom might be like? This elf with a comb through. Dominic's still fondling this elf. I just hate this elf. Why he got a comb through? He got, no, <laughs> he stick his head in the toilet. Like, 
Malcolm X. I like the idea that for people who are watching this on YouTube, as the camera cuts away at different points, at one point there was no elf, then there's an elf on my microphone, then it's moved to Dominique's <laughs> microphone, and hopefully no one has seen any of us move it. It just That's right. is creepily. It's an open borders policy around our microphone. Well, it's just doing what that elf does, which is just appear places where children don't expect that, like, oh, they go in the closet, and there's that weird elf. Snitchy. And, and then they're like, ah, and they're not going to go in the closet anymore. And then you move the elf to under their bed or something like that. You terrify them, because that's what the holidays are about. It's about terrifying children so that they're always at a constant state of paranoia. <laughs> Anxiety elf. Yeah. What I found out today is that I currently feel like those kids you're on high alert just real twitchy around both of you today <laughs> <laughs> what did i do i all i did was just uh he's being racist oh no, uh, yeah uh, <laughs> now i get it i see it now i'm accustomed to this yeah i grew up in america <laughs> Um, it's okay, Pablo. Let's make you feel better. I'm sorry. It's Look, I just right. want a white Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Wyatt, I want to say, um, I admire both your comedic sensibility and your ability to channel um, terrifying white people. You're great, welcome. Great job. Yeah. Dominique, cool sweater. I would take this off if it wasn't for the fact that it would make your ratings higher. <laughs> take it off on my own time and throw it in the trash and reveal my sexy body www.pablo.show find Dominique's mm, shirtless body in my newsletter yeah is that you're gonna add an OnlyFans to the to this where all of your favorite Pablo Torre finds out guests will do cameos That's or right. OnlyFans every guest takes a shirtless photo <laughs> and you only get it <laughs> if you subscribe to my Substack. Uh, uh, your your calendar that'll be for 2024 the Pablo Torre finds right. out just that monthly calendar, calendar monthly calendar sexy firefighters except it's just podcast guests this has been Pablo Torre finds out a Meadowlark Media production and I'll talk to you next time Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.